we turn to God's word in Romans chapter 11. Verse 32, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. And as you have read through Romans, the first 11 chapters, and you have come under the weight of Paul's teaching, trying to understand what he is saying, there is, we realize, as we, he says in verse 33, and that O that is there at the beginning of 33 is such a, a word that makes us or should make us stop. Oh, Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Paul even himself there is acknowledging what he has just been uh, saying, what we've been reading in these first 11 chapters, the mysteries of God's ways, the unsearchable judgments. How are we to understand how are we to comprehend even as we've been reading as you've been re if you read the, the, these preceding chapters about the Jews themselves this remnant that even by them and then the multitude who were against the Messiah but then would come a time after the Jews that the Gentiles would be brought to Christ and then afterwards the Jews would be brought back into the kingdom of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And as a preacher, to speak God's holy word here, the weight of the words for me to come with the weight of God and the weight of these words how am I to bring this message to you this evening I remember I not long being a, a, a preacher of God's word. And I thought, why do I not just read God's word? Who am I to be able to come along afterwards after reading his words and explain the mysteries, explain it? And yet that is the call of the preacher. We read that, that we as preachers are to make uh, the people uh, help them understand, and yet that weight falls upon me 
we know, don't we, of that weight that had fallen on uh, those prophets. Uh, there is uh, Elijah, just had one of the greatest victories that he had known over the, uh, the false prophets of Baal. And yet he went away and just wanted to give up. And yet God came and spoke to him and said, No, there are others who have not bowed the knee to Baal. We remember Ezekiel falling on his face. We remember Isaiah crying out, Woe is me. We remember John on the island of Patmos as he had that revelation saying, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. Paul, even when he was caught up into heaven, <coughs> the weight that was put on him, that the thorn in, his, uh, in the flesh that he was given, we read, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The Apostle Paul here has written about how God has designed and brought about that plan for the salvation of the people of this world. And as he gets to the end of this part of this, his letter, he brings this praise to God, this doxology to God. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He reaches this climax here, knowing that what he has said previously is of such weight, of such magnitude, of unsearchable riches, that all he can do is fall down before God Almighty and say, You are great, and I am not. You are almighty, and I am weak and feeble and frail as dust. And he is caught up in this wonder. He is caught up in this praise of Almighty God, knowing and speaking of, as he has just been showing, the mercy, the riches, the kindness, the wisdom, the knowledge, the judgments, and the ways of God Almighty. And for us coming at the now to read these few verses here at the end of Romans chapter 11, I pray and hope that we are also caught up as Paul was caught up to fall down before Almighty God, to say, I've been given some wisdom, but I do not know it all. I've been given knowledge, but I do not know it all. Paul has been guiding us through these chapters into the worship of a God who is Almighty. Almighty. 
a God who is great, a God who is to be honoured and adored, a God, as we know, who did not leave his people in their sin and therefore in everlasting death, but brought them into life. That plan of salvation. And Paul has been putting it all into place that we may understand it, that we may see who God is, that we may understand God as he is. All that he has done in his grace, in his mercy. And in the end of this uh, chapter here, all he can do is fall down before and focus on the God who is almighty. The God who is great and worthy of praise. And so what we see here, first and foremost, as Paul falls down before God, is that he, Paul, who we know had great knowledge of the scriptures of the Old Testament, who could piece together, therefore, as being a Pharisee and understanding, therefore, as the Holy Spirit came upon him, even he knew, as he said many times, that he was not good, he was chief of sinners, that he was not compared to Almighty God, that he was not anything. He had nothing that he could boast about. He had nothing that he could even compare himself with God with. And so therefore he shouts out in this exclamation, He knows, God knows everything. God is great. I cannot even fathom the depth of the riches of his wisdom, of his knowledge. But all I can do is glory in them. I cannot boast in my own understanding, my knowledge, but I can boast in the Lord God Almighty who knows all things, who sees all things. And then what he does is, because he knows his scriptures, verses 34 and 35, he goes to uh, Isaiah and Job, and he says, For who have known the mind of the Lord, or who have been his counsellor, or who have first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? And these are those questions that we know are rhetorical, that we know that an answer is not really being looked for, that for there is no answer uh, to be given, that man here is being put into his place. And if you turn with me for a time to Isaiah chapter uh, 40, Isaiah chapter 40, especially verses 12 to 17. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 to 17, where we read this. Who have measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span 
and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance, who have directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counsel have taught him, with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing, and vanity. And in Job, if you turn to Job chapter 38, we could read quite a few uh, chapters in Job, but we'll just limit ourselves to a few verses. Job chapter 38, we, we are reminded uh, for uh, uh, how God uh, comes and speaks into uh, Job's situation. Job 38, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? And again and again, as we read through uh, Job, we see there how uh, God asks those questions, those rhetorical questions, and to say, well, who are you, Job? Who are you compared to me? Where were you when the foundations of the earth were put in place? Do you have understanding of the, the measurements? Do you have understanding? Do you know the weights of the mountains? And we can uh, turn to uh, uh, the next chapter in chapter 41 of, of Job. And uh, where, where he just, uh, we show the, he says, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? And the answer obviously is no. He cannot. Who is able to stand before God? Job 41, verse 10. Who then is able to stand before me? Who then is able to stand before me? Paul uh, uses Isaiah, he uses Job. And what he's saying, very simply, God is great, you are not. God is great, I am not. Who have known the mind of the Lord? Who, who have been his counsel? Who have first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again? We see their uh, wisdom. We see their knowledge and understanding. 
And we see there that when we cry out to God at times, that I know that we do, why is it like this? Why are you not answering my prayers? Why is the world as it is? Why is there so much deprivation? Why is there wars? God, are you answering me? Are you listening to me? Who are you to talk to God in such a way? The depths, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. So therefore we see, don't we, that God has that knowledge, that great knowledge. He knows all. He sees all. There is nothing that he does not know. We know, don't we, as Jesus says, that he, even the hairs on our head are numbered. He knows every sparrow that they even fall to the ground. He knows what has happened. He knows what will happen. He is sovereign. He works his purposes out. We stand in awe of a God who is high above all others who knows all, who sees all. As we know that Paul says to the Corinthians, you cannot know the mind of the Lord. But we do, he says, have the mind of Christ. And so therefore, we have to be very careful here, don't we? It's so easy, and people have said in the past, well, we just do not know, we just do not understand. God has not revealed that to us. I do not have the mind of, of Christ. I am not God. And yet, we know that God has given us that understanding. That God has revealed to us in his word that we meditate upon by day by night. That we have, have been brought into the family of God that we may know the Father's business. Jesus said, I'll call you servants, if you're not servants, you're friends, you're family. Sons of the living God, adopted into the family of God, and therefore the son knows the father's business. But we have to be careful, don't we? That we do not get too ahead of ourselves, that we do not uh, boast in our own understanding, that we are uh, are not taking upon ourselves things that have not been revealed to us as of yet. For we know, as Paul says in Romans chapter 11, that we cannot tell God what he should be thinking. We cannot tell God how he should be acting. For we cannot discern the, the plans of God. And so therefore, how are we able to tell him what he should be doing? We come under his will. We do not bend him to our will. 
And Paul understands these truths, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And so therefore that knowledge has graciously been revealed to us, that plan for salvation, that we can come into uh, the knowledge of a saving God. That he has not left us to our own devices. That he hasn't left for us to figure it out on our own. But he has given us that understanding, that, that knowledge, to be able to say, I believe. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That faith that has been given to us that we may believe, that knowledge, that understanding has been given to us. But we cannot compare our knowledge with God. So we have to be careful. And so as we uh, have been shown and see there that that knowledge of God is great, but our knowledge is, is not great, also we have the act of God as counsellor. And we saw that so evident in, in Job, where Job was, 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 was chastised, wasn't he? How can you counsel me, God was saying to Job. You are not my counsellor. I do not come to you asking for advice. I do not come to you asking, well, what should I do? Should I go this way or that way? No, says God. I know my will. I know my way. My way is unchanging. It's been set out from even before the foundations of this earth were put in place. What would happen? And that has come to pass. God does not come and say, I'm having difficulty here. Can you help me out? That is not our God. God is sovereign. And yet we have politicians in our day and age, political leaders, kings and queens, who think that they know best. And even in our own lives, as we know, we think, well, I think I, think I know best. I think I know what is good for me. I think this is the way that I should go. I'm pretty sure that God accepts that and, and would, 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 would go along with that. No, that is not the case, is it, friends? That is not how it is. God's will be done. We follow the path that he has decreed for us. We cannot tell God how he should run this world. How many times we say, if it had been up to us, then we wouldn't have done it the way that he did it. And then as soon as we say that, we realize that actually, no, even that would not have worked. That would have been a complete disaster. But what we do is we pray. We pray God's will would be done. We pray that governments, that nations would come into God's will, that they would come under God's uh, moral standards that they would follow the word of Christ Jesus for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all we do not understand the whys and wherefores of why God made it so 
of why some are given the call and others are not. Why some are given that belief and others are left into unbelief. We do not know the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, because they are unsearchable. His ways past finding out. But as Paul ends this, he says, For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. All things are from God. We know that by that word that was spoken, he spoke. And what was not there, out of nothing, came the creation of this universe and this world and the animals and the birds and the creatures and mankind. Of him. Through him, through him, a God who is good, a God who is merciful, a God who is kind. All things are through God, working together, all things together for our good. We know that Paul says a few chapters earlier, through all things, for of him and through him and to him be glory forever to him be glory forever and this is what it is about isn't it this is what it is about that we are here for his praise and glory forever we may not understand what is happening to us in certain times in certain situations sometimes it's easy good things are happening to us we're being blessed by God we know and therefore it is easy to understand what God has given me good and perfect gifts. All praise and glory to him. But then there are those times, aren't there, friends, when we are going through the valley of the shadow of death and we are wondering, well, where is God? And we cry out to him and sometimes we think, is he answering me? But in all things, be glory forever and ever to our God. And at the very end, Amen, so be it, let it be. This is how it is to be. And so far as we, as, as Paul is coming to the end of these chapters, these first 11 chapters, and as you read through these chapters, you've seen the greatness of your sin. You've seen how hopelessly you were in that position of death not able yourself to get out of it, not able to do any works which would be able to save yourself, to justify yourself, to make yourself right before God. <coughs> but by God's grace alone, we're justified through faith in Christ alone. And Paul says, Amen. Amen. Great is our God, working all things, all the good things, all the bad things. As you read through these first 11 chapters, you will see why Paul is able to say this doxology at the end. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. 
Amen. Friends, you may not understand the purposes that God is working out in your lives. But in all times, in all situations, know that he is God, that he is sovereign, that deep are the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. We can trust in him. You can trust in him. You know that he is faithful and true. You know that he is able to save and save to the uttermost. And therefore we give glory forever to him. Amen. Let us pray. <coughs> Almighty God, we come before you knowing that you are great and we are not. That you are good and we are not. That you know all things and yet we lack wisdom and understanding and yet you have given us all that we need to know the saving grace of Christ Jesus Christ as we read of him in your holy word and so this night Lord we pray that we would uh, have that faith that you would give us that faith to believe that you work out all things for good. The purposes is for you and you alone. That you are working out, not us, that you are working out that plan of salvation. And Lord God, we pray that if there are any this night would pray, cry out, we, we pray that they would cry out to you this night, that they would be saved. They may not, they not know all uh, the, the plans that you have for them. They don't know fully or understand exactly all the minute detail that you have uh, uh, given to us. But Lord, we pray that you would give them that faith to believe, to cry out to the name of Jesus that they may be saved. And that understanding, a greater understanding may come afterwards. But Lord, we pray that in all circumstances we may say to you be the glory and honour forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We conclude our act of worship, our public act of worship this night, singing Psalm 62 verses 5 to 8. Psalm 62, verses 5 to 8. My soul, wait thou with patience upon thy God alone. On him dependeth all my hope and expectation. He only my salvation is, and my strong rock is he. He only is my sure defense. I shall not moved be. We sing Psalm 62, verses 5 to Two eight. <coughs> My
Thursday prayer meeting, uh, 7.30, uh, led by myself. And next Lord's Day services will be at the usual times of 11 and 6.30. will be led by Reverend John Angus Gillis. And uh, please note that the building fund collection for July is due today. All these notices, uh, God willing. But now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, with you all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Amen.